Welcome back to another episode of the Mindsets podcast. Today I am joined by Vicky Hill. And uh, rather than me doing the introductions, I don't like to do that. Uh, So I'll hand over to you um, and tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm Vicky. Do I look at the camera? You can look wherever you want. Oh, okay. The people that that have joined us on YouTube, they will be enjoying this. Oh, yeah. The people that are just listening in their ears. So, guys. (laughs) Um, Hi, I'm Vicky. I am a 26-year-old, just recently moved to London. I work at Gymshark. We have a new retail store in Regent Street, which is in London. Um, lived in London since blah, yeah, August last year. Have I already said that? I don't know. <laughs> Why am I suddenly? This is my life. Why is it so hard to talk about? Um, so yes, um, I do that three days a week. And then the rest of the time I do um, online coaching. So I train females uh, through their fitness journeys, whether it's gaining confidence in the gym. Um, I like to empower them in their abilities, in their nutrition, in their lifestyles. Uh, yeah, that's kind of like big passion of mine also reflecting that into Gymshark like I'm known for my ladies that lift class so it's again it's just a room full of women screaming at each other to lift heavy weights it's honestly the best vibe ever. you should come if you're a lady <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> say come. difficult for me Damn immediately it. removed <laughs> yeah sorry about that um yeah really good vibes um yeah and live with my cousin I live with her boyfriend in London come from I'm a country girl come from okay. a country so first time I've lived in a city um so big changes but yeah awesome so why um why did you decide to come to the city from from the country oh, from the country um so lived in the country my whole life um i say the country like wiltshire i don't know is that a country yeah i mean i mean <laughs> some people that are living from like the deep country will be yeah like, i'm not she like she doesn't know what she's talking about no, it's like calm down <laughs> <laughs> no very like small town small time okay. town energy which is wonderful and it was like a really nice place to grow up but it was kind of isolated to the town um Everybody knows everybody, which again is such a nice vibe. Um, was in a relationship for the last seven years. Um, because of the ending of that relationship, um, I had a bit of freedom to kind of go wherever on my own accord and like not have to answer to anybody. And so, yeah, and I've always wanted to be in London since I was little. Um, I just love, I just have, do you remember when you have like visions when you're younger of like skyscrapers and big glass buildings and all that jazz? Um, yeah, and I just, the people that I looked up to, whether it's on YouTube or on social media, they always seem to resort back to London um so yeah the opportunity arose and I took it which was quite nice nice okay and I mean were you coaching before you came to London yes excellent question thank you um, <laughs> so um was I coaching before yeah so I actually yeah bringing lockdown into it so I was a full-time PT so I've done personal training for the last six to seven years I was in a small gym really boutique really wonderful the clients were fantastic um but it was like, I'd done six years of it. It was getting a bit samey. And again, I wanted to escape the town. So COVID came around at a wonderful time. Like I was really fortunate. I was still living at home with my family and my sister, my parents, et cetera. Um, I was really fortunate to be furloughed. So I had this opportunity of like being being paid, but also having this free time to work on my business, which was online coaching. So uh, grew that through lockdown, obviously, I mean, all the fitness professionals, they went crazy over lockdown because they could just offer free content to everybody um, and build a reputation. So I, yeah, came back out of lockdown, went down to part-time at this gym and then focused on online coaching for the other half of the week and grew it from there. And then basically from, when was it? It was the beginning of last year. So the beginning of 23, um, a colleague of mine sent me the application for the Gymshark job and was actually like, this is made for you, try it. Um, I applied, I got the job. And so now instead of working half the week in a small town gym, I'm now working half the week in Gymshark, which 
quite a big quite a big change especially coming from like a a small town honestly as you said in the country a little bit smaller quieter i imagine literally it was the biggest change ever but it was the most weird it's like i've been trying to like manifest and be a bit more grateful and gratitude and all that stuff and focus on that manifesting and it's literally all come true it's like the universe is really listening to me right now so it's a bit scary we were were, were talking just off camera beforehand about the um what is it the red car yes whereas like you'll look if you if you look for red cars while you're on the road you'll see all of the red cars you won't see any of the the other ones yeah um and i i feel like that's definitely what it is i mean you start looking for those opportunities and honestly you start noticing them yeah Um, it's yeah so the red car theory it said if i asked you how many red cars you saw today you'd be like well like have you seen any you'd be like well yeah maybe but if i said you get 50 quid every time you see a red car you'd be like, bloody hell, I'm looking for all the red cars I can. So if you actually search for those opportunities, they're going to arise. And then I was thinking about this the other day of why why did my colleague send me the Gymshark role? And it's because I literally been speaking it into existence, being like, I yeah. love the brand. I've always wanted to work for them. Um, and my three goals from like a couple of years ago was have my own business, live in London and work for Gymshark. And originally my mindset was like, I'll work for Gymshark in like an influencer way or something like that. Um, but like all three of those things are have occurred like in the last six months which is crazy and so speaking into existence but then now i've had all those three goals i'm like now what do i do with my life (laughs) realign and yeah i mean that's exciting but as much as you've really taken those opportunities and like very admirable that you've achieved them so quickly um (laughs) how (laughs) well that that's sort of the question is they didn't necessarily all come from opportunity like you had a bit of a, a life adjustment yes um so Obviously, we don't need to go into the massive depths of it, but yeah. um, you said it was a seven-year relationship. I can imagine that when that comes to an end, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not yeah. easy. That's a big chunk of your life gone. Yeah, definitely. So, and let's say I would never regret anything of the relationship. There was like some good bits, there was bad bits, I think same with any relationship. Um, but obviously being like small town where there wasn't, I say there wasn't many opportunities that are, there. of course there is, and people have a fantastic time. I had a fantastic time there, but it's also like I knew I wanted to be in London but maybe I didn't accept opportunities because I didn't want my relationship to end or I didn't want to have to put that person in an awkward situation um and then it kind of got to the point where good things were happening this other person couldn't adjust as much as maybe I would have liked and I don't expect them to it's not their responsibility but um that's where I realized I had to start pursuing what I wanted to. So going from small town codependent relationship where we did everything together, like we went to the gym together, we ate together, we did everything together to now being like doing all the decisions on my own. Like it just such a huge, like new town, like, oh, I just new job, new workplace. Like I didn't even have that to fall back on. Massive, massive adjustments. Yeah. And was it um, a smooth transition exit from the relationship to then finding those opportunities or was it a little bit difficult to tread that path along the way? So I've always, I'll always, and everyone bloody knows this, but I'm so obsessed with my Gymshark family. Like they literally pulled me out of a really dark period after my breakup. Um, And I don't think it would have been as smooth without them. But then I also had like the classic couple of months where I was doing anything and everything as a distraction to get away from the real emotions that I want, like should have been feeling. Um, so I want to say, yes, it was smooth, but I've started therapy since like, I've actually gone through the processes where, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm going to say yes, but, but this is, I don't know if you've seen my Instagram post, but I can say how it's the most conflicting 2023 is the most conflicting year ever because the best possible things I've ever wished for were happening. But 
I was probably the most depressed I've ever been in my life because of this change and because I missed like missing my best friend of seven years. Like it was just, oh, I could get emotional, but it was just like so bizarre what I've gone through. But yeah. I think one of the things that um, is very different between people that are in relationships and people that aren't in relationships. And when you've been in a relationship for a very long time and when you've not been in a relationship for a very long time, you have very differing views on your achievements. Mm. And I think one of the things that's very different is for those that are in relationships for a very long time, it's very nice to share your achievement. But at the same time, you get very used to sharing an achievement. So if you have an adjustment like you did Mm -hmm. and then you start to achieve things, it almost feels like you should be sharing that achievement and you can't and that's very difficult. And so as well as learning how to do things on your own, you're learning how to celebrate yourself yes. um, and, and that be enough Yeah. Uh, as well. So it's really nice to, you say you have massive support from your Gymshark family and it seems yeah. like you have now got the support in place, mm. but I can appreciate that it was, it would have been a very depressive time because even the wins that you had, you probably couldn't enjoy to the same way you were used to enjoying them. Exactly. Is that fair? Yeah, I think, I believe that. I think that's, and that's, it's almost... I people back home who knew me like before I was achieving all this fantastic amazing stuff are the ones that were congratulating me the most because they or like messaging me and, oh, it's so wonderful I had these messages being like Vicky I can't believe what you're doing you're smashing it and I'd be like oh that was just another day for me like because I'm so used to this now whereas L- L- like London people or my London friends have only ever known me as this version where actually that's me as like a growing like I've grown to x amount whereas this people are like I've grown a hundred times um so it's like, yeah, I think that is fair to say. Um, do you get, do you actually congratulate yourself on your growth? I mean, you look back and you say so much has happened. Yeah. But do you actually feel like you have given yourself a pat on the back for it? It's trying to. I think, I don't know. Do you ever, do you ever? Because I mean, obviously like all the stuff you're doing. I think, I think the thing that's difficult is um, obviously I'm still, I still consider this to be the early stages. I don't know how long I'll keep continuing to see it as the early stages, hopefully forever. Um, but I think it's very difficult if you're uh, a high achiever. I would claim I, I would claim that I think of myself as a high achiever. That it's very easy to get caught up on the goal, and because you're not necessarily there yet, um, it's very difficult to reward yourself. Yeah. But there are times where you have to look back, and for those people that have been listening from the start, will appreciate that the very first episode was terrible. Oh, and, really? and like I, I, the guy is great, and I hope to get him back on so we can do a better episode for you guys. But if you look at, if you're on YouTube or if, and if you're not, again, I keep encouraging you guys to come here. You can see that the setup is very different to some of the previous episodes. And as little things improve, I will appreciate that there is growth and mm-hmm. I am, I'm glad that I've done that and I'm proud of that. But because I often get so caught up in the gap from this being to where I want it to be, mm. that I don't probably pat myself on the back yeah, when I should. Yeah, as much as you should. Yeah. And it's because actually it's so funny, literally this morning... I started journaling again. I haven't journaled properly since June last year. And my entry from June, I read through it and I was shocked. I was literally same. like, I was actually, for example, <laughs> this could be a bit deep, but I was like saying, oh, like I really want to get back with him, but then I don't. Like I was like so conflicting in that, but then the whole narrative's 100% changed. And I think without that journal prompt or without that reminder of where I've come from, again, you can't appreciate where you have come from. Um, that's quite interesting. Yeah. It's it's nice to hear that when you were journaling, you were putting like true feelings down there because I think a lot of people feel when they journal, they need to have it figured out. Mm. And that's what they need to note down. They need to note down the plan when quite often it's just putting it out there. Mm-hmm. And because it's out there, you then figure it out. Like yeah. quite often, unless you really um, 
take in what the problem is. You can't really evaluate the whole problem. Mm -hmm. And so by putting that down there and saying, you know, I really want to get back together with him, you then automatically in your brain just start probably going through pros and cons mm. and you figure that out. Whereas if you put down why on paper and you felt like you had to put down why on paper, then you probably wouldn't. To be like positive, like yeah, I need to keep exactly. this up. Yeah, And you'd exactly. probably read back at that now and be like, what, what was she talking, was I about? talking about? Yeah, exactly. And be like, or you'd have the wrong narrative of what you were thinking at the time because it was what you were trying to be rather than what you actually were. So um, did you say you started journaling again today? Yeah, literally today. Why? Ah, so actually, we haven't even talked about this bit. Um, I've noticed, you know, we mentioned before before we um, started recording, we talked about ADHD and stuff. Mm. And I I have a theory that I've got undiagnosed ADHD. Right. Um, so constantly looking for dopamine hits here, there and everywhere. Like even my personality is just a bit scatty. Um, but I've, I've actually got like, a massive phone addiction at the moment. Like, and it's not even doom scrolling. Like sometimes I'd be on my phone and I would like jump from one app nothing on there so I jump to the next app nothing on there and like I would just keep going from app to app to app not even scrolling on that app but just to be on the phone um so anyway because of that I've it's obviously me searching for dopamine and not quite finding it um so I just basically set in this routine where like between seven and eight in the morning so I wake up at seven every single day but like for me to wake up at seven and get out of bed at seven is quite a challenge so like I'll wake up and I'll stay in bed but I'll journal or I'll read or I'll go make myself some breakfast. So it's quite chilled. Um, and then between eight and nine, that's when I'll get up and get showered and dressed. And my goal is no phone between seven and nine. Like don't like I don't need to give the world access to myself before nine a.m. Um, so that's my thinking. That's why I start journaling. I like <laughs> back, it. Back to the question. <laughs> I think um, as well. If we're if we're being completely honest here, I mean, a lot of influencers get stick and get taken the mick out of because like, look how perfect life is. Like, I get up, I journal, I read a book, and then I have my greens. I go on a run. I do there. so much, and it's and <laughs> it's like that is. I mean, there's an element to that. I mean, if they filmed it, they are actually doing it. But mm. at the same time, uh, editing and stuff like that. Obviously, you have to be on your phone a lot of the time, or exactly. you're on a computer. You you aren't necessarily doom scrolling, but you do have this attachment to your phone because it brings value to your life directly. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's so unhealthy um, about phones and something that I genuinely realized when I was uh, really young, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I don't go on my phone too much. I do. And if I'm honest, um, if I'm not on my phone, I'm probably working. So I'm mm -hmm. on my laptop or I'm doing other things and there's always a screen involved. And that's that's probably the nature of culture and society today. Sure. The only time that I'm not is when I'm being active or yeah. I'm like walking somewhere or going somewhere. And that's really bad. Also, do you find that when you're being active, you have your headphones in? Yeah, exactly. Which I just think so I'm on the tube and I'm like, I'm, I like I like to point out who's doing what. And then when I see someone yeah. sitting there, nothing in there is and just sitting there, I'm like, I respect you. <laughs> That's, like, I do, do try that? to do that. I do yeah. try to do that to try and be a bit more present. Present, yeah. Um, but the the huge thing for me is, and again, this is just another way of looking at it. Um, if you look at the birds and the animals that are outside, the wildlife, um, they obviously go past the windows. Sometimes birds fly into windows, whatever. But they'll Fun. see uh, they'll they'll see humans sat in front of a thing, mm -hmm. and. If we, if we appreciate for a moment, they don't understand what's on the screen. Mm -hmm. They just see that we are staring at this thing nonstop for hours. Yeah. How bizarre do you think they find the human race as a result? That? That's so good to look at it like that. Because if you actually look outside and you look at a bird in a tree or, or I don't know, a cat running around the street, yeah. they're always doing something. They're looking at something, yeah. they're actively involved in something. And then if you turn your attention to someone else in your friend group, someone you live with and you watch what they're doing, 
they are sedentary sat in the same position doing the same thing and the only way that we justify that as being okay is because we appreciate what's on the screen because we know what's going on yeah, yeah. exactly because if we didn't have that com- that comprehension mm-hmm. then we'd just th- we feel just... like everyone was a zombie like yeah, what are you doing it's so bizarre because yeah and then because i'm trying to get away from screen time at the moment i saw this lady watching um gray's anatomy on the tube great watch gray's anatomy plug um and just a huge fan um but then i was like oh bless her like she must be so addi- I, like my first initial thought and i'm gonna be really judgy here i was like oh um she's addicted to her screens like bless her and i felt i pitied this random lady which was so inappropriate of me and then i like stopped myself and i brought it back and i was like you know what i don't know what's going on in her life i don't, don't know where this is going but um i literally thought to myself she could have like kids at home or like be a carer or be something where she doesn't get this downtime at any other point. Um, I'm kind of going back on what we just said, but she was addicted to her phone and like watching the screen time. But then I also thought she could be doing that. Like, do you know? I'm where, where am yeah, I going with this? Like, there is there is justification for yeah. like, having that, and I I think I think in the in modern society you're not ever going to get away from a phone. Yeah, like you have to have one a lot of the time for work. I mean, my my job, I have a work phone which is a smartphone. And if I'm not on my phone mm-hmm. and I'm not on my laptop, yeah. I'm probably on my work phone yeah. on LinkedIn or something like that. So there's always there's always that way. And in truth, there's like I've said, there's no real getting away from that. But it's just being more sensible with it and and appreciating what you are missing out on. Mm-hmm. And I think, like you said, sometimes you see people that are on the tube and don't have headphones in, and you might think, yeah, they're doing really well. Or sometimes you look at them, and you're psycho. like, how do they do this? Like psycho. <laughs> but at the same time, it's just that appreciating the time away because you do see stuff and sometimes you see some really nice stuff one of the best things ever in london and if you don't come to london very often you're so lucky if you see this when a dog gets on the tube <gasps> yeah so everyone's phone um, goes away yeah because everyone's like yeah exactly. i saw one in a pram the other day that was a good day you saw a dog in a pram yeah I, he had had just had surgery Okay, that's so he was there with a little cone say. on and yeah and she was like she was there sat next, sat next to me and she was like I'm so embarrassed I'm so embarrassed I was like don't be she's having a great time in there <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean but this is this is the thing like you if you were actually fully on your phone all the time you'd miss out on little things that are genuinely as wholesome as that when yeah. the dog's happy to exactly. see so many people yeah. locked in a space give and me you. attention <laughs> exactly that um exactly that so Let's bring this back into your coaching then, because we've <laughs> yeah. gone off on a little bit of a tangent there. Well done for everyone that's still holding on. Um, now, moving into into London, in, into coaching, you were coaching beforehand. Um, and I've always found when I have coached personally in the past, um, there's a very similar thing to parenting. Mm. Now, you don't necessarily coach people that are that much younger than you. And I appreciate you don't do that. You probably coach people that are older than you as well. Yeah. However... In parenting, it is quite commonly said that you raise your child to learn things that you weren't taught by your parents and to avoid things that you were taught by your parents that you wish you weren't. Whoa, okay. Do you take a similar approach in your coaching? Yeah, I think I I wouldn't even relate it to my parents necessarily, but I think my fitness journey, 100%, like I would, I think... I mean, a classic young girl trying to be fit or go to the gym or whatever, because that's where I like to focus on is giving women confidence in the gym. Whereas my whole thing is education, like giving confidence because they're educated in what they're doing. Whereas if you look back from when you were younger and started training where you get so much contradicting advice and information online, whether it's nutrition or exercise, I want to be like, well, here's what suits you as the individual. Um, I've got the expertise and the knowledge to basically say that, whereas you're not one glove, one glove fits all, one shoe fits all. What's the phrase? Something like that. Yeah, make it up. Um, Yeah. And basically say, 
And that's like where I'm coming from is like my coaching comes from a point of you're not going to do the same as Wendy down the road. Who's called Wendy anymore? Sorry, Wendy. Wendy, uh, <laughs> I'm really sorry. You've been a sorry. you've been a listener for a long time. Um, hit us up. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I don't even know a Wendy. <laughs> Where'd that come from? <laughs> okay. And um, yeah, so my thing is empowerment through education, um, which I don't think I got when I was younger in regards yeah. to the fitness industry. Okay. And and do you think that now that, I mean, were you coaching in, in groups before you moved to London? Or were you doing more one-to-one? It was definitely prioritizing one-to-ones like the PT, like face-to-face. And then the classes were groups. Um, it's pretty much the same since being in London where it's online, it's it's one-to-one except remotely, so virtually. And then the groups is at Gymshark, yeah. Okay, and do you find um, having that balance gives you sort of self-value in what you do? Or do you yeah. prefer to do one more than the other? Ooh, you know what? I'm really, like when I was in my hometown, uh, I preferred the online because I just think I could reach so many more people. Like I love the connections and relationships. I had the face-to-face stuff, but I knew that I wanted to do more and like reach more and just have a platform because I didn't really work focus on my social media at that point either. Um, so I definitely, they're quite balanced at the moment. And I think they're different vibes, like the, well, maybe they're not vibe, different vibes, just... They're just wonderful. Like I don't, I can't. It's a just... different. It's a very different interaction. Yes. And it's a def- very different style of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the things that you have started demonstrating through your coaching with your groups, and I'm sure you do this on a one-to-one level, is from that research that you were talking about doing. You've actually started to to teach certain women how. To, well, not certain women. The women that get coached by you are the certain women. <laughs> but teach women um, that there are impacts that are out of their control that are natural. Mm. That massively drive performance changes yes 100%. um do you want to expand on that a little bit more because i literally can't i don't have the knowledge to <laughs> yeah of course yeah i'd love to um so obviously i think you're referring to a menstrual cycle and obviously like the natural processes that happen in the body um yeah 100 percent. so i think let's say compared to pt sessions one-to-one and like remote uh, online coaching i love the one-to-one process because it's not one shoe fits all um but instead of looking at them for that one hour of the week where I'm like, you mean you're gonna do this exercise and this exercise, I can actually have that holistic approach of being throughout the week, I can ask them about um, their mood, their energy, what they've been eating, how they're, all the workouts have been doing rather than just focusing on that one hour. Um, and so for example, we track their menstrual cycles, so their periods and how often they have their periods and how long they're for and energy levels throughout the whole week. Weekly, we do these check-ins. So um, they'll send in progress pictures, body measurements, and um, their body weight. And then we might find that the following week, these physical statistics have completely altered. So they might have gained a centimeter or two on their waist, which again is quite a lot in one week. So it could be resulting bloating, or they might have, um, they might be more defined or water retention, who knows, but we'll see the different changes. But then not only do we track physical statistics, we actually track like I don't know if you call it holistic, but mood, energy, sleep, stress, steps, like we track their progressive overload. So for those that don't know, progressive overload is how much they progress their exercise. So how much they intensify their exercise across the weeks, week by week. Um, so if one week they're like, oh my God, actually today I had one. She's like, I did this much for a deadlift. I did this much for a hip thrust. I'm feeling amazing. And then the question underneath was like, where are you in your menstrual cycle? She goes, oh, well, I'm day 16, which is typically around ovulation, which is typically where 
women absolutely smash their workouts because they've got lots of estrogen we can go into that i don't know if you want to go into that but um, it's all interesting <laughs> okay it's all yeah learning. it's good i'll probably bring it back to that in a second um and then i basically said in her check-in i was like you've done incredibly well this week um i'm not going to say you're going to be less motivated next week because we don't know and again i don't want to dictate how you're going to feel but if it's not as great next week don't worry about it like your body's literally telling you to just chill out a little bit um there's this really okay so if you want to learn a bit more about it there's this really cool way I read this book called Period Power by Maisie Hill. Really recommend it. She also does a podcast. And um, what is it? So you have your, so a typical menstrual cycle is 28 days. Are you actually keen to listen to this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. 100%. <laughs> so an average like cycle. So from like the first day of bleeding to like the next time you bleed is typically 28 days. Now it could be less. It could be more. It could be 40. I had a client with 45 day cycle. Mad. Um, but again, every woman is so, so different. So this isn't Bible. This is just what you fancy. Um, your menstruation is when you start bleeding and that can last anywhere between three to seven days. So some women are really lucky and have like a really quick short one. And some women have like seven days of bleeding, which can be quite uncomfortable and a bit awkward for like maintaining it on, you know, um so anyway as soon as you start bleeding you release um, a hormone a female hormone called estrogen and estrogen will start to rise for the next 14 days so you're going to keep getting more and more estrogen across the next 14 days the next two weeks um this book really referred to estrogen as um the beyonce hormone so if you want to feel like sexy Queen and power yeah literally if you want to feel sexy and powerful and like absolute boss bitch like that's estrogen um, when we get to that day 14, this is where your ovulation, ovulating, so ovulation occurs. And that's basically where you're most fertile. So if you want to have sex around this time, it's where you have it protected to ensure that you don't get pregnant. Obviously, if you're trying to get pregnant, best time to do it. Um, and actually because Beyonce is getting higher and higher, you're feeling more sexy. Your sex drive is high. Your libido is really good because your body's literally like, we're ovulating. We're going to make a baby. We're going to make sure that you are as attractive as possible for the opposite sex. So that's why we have like better skin. We're like more energetic. Our hair's more luscious, all this really exciting stuff. Um, I like, it's not revolving around men, obviously not, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just but, a natural phase. Yeah, it's a natural part of the process. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what happens um but anyway also around this ovulation time is where we have so day 14 is where we have an increase in testosterone so testosterone is our serena williams hormone so assertive competitive like another boss bitch um we get what we want like that's kind of what testosterone is so it's obviously um the idea is that testosterone is for men but no we do have a nice amount of it around that that ovulation period um after day 14, 15, 16, we will see a really sudden drop in estrogen and testosterone. And the sudden drop in estrogen is actually because our progesterone levels have massively increased. So the presence of progesterone means that estrogen is going to drop. Really simple way of doing it. Like as soon as that one comes up, this one goes down. Um, progesterone celebrity is Kristen Stewart from Twilight. Do you know Twilight? I'm going to be honest. I have not watched Twilight. <gasps> I know, you know that there's a, I know there's a werewolf and a vampire. I assume she's the other main character. She's the other main character. And, oh, and she's no. in love with both I of them. I need to change this narrative because everyone I've told is like, who the hell is that? Okay. Um, so Twilight, she's a little bit dull. No, she, Kristen Stewart's great. Let's say Bella from Twilight. A little bit dull, a little bit introverted. Doesn't say much. Facial expression's always a bit bland. Okay. She's great. She's beautiful, but bland in the movie. Right. Um, 
So if you can imagine, I don't okay. know, like any. No, I've got, I've, I've made up a character. <laughs> okay. I can work with it. We'll, we'll keep rocking. Um, so I don't know if you've got any women in your life, but when they have like the couple of weeks before um, period, they're like maybe a little bit more, a little bit more dull, introverted. They do kind of, they, they recommend to not plan social occasions around this time because you're going to be less willing to converse. Like you want to stay in and just, just chill. And in theory, your body has just um ovulated an egg so like you've had sex your sperm's met the egg you've you've fertilized an egg um so it's like right we're pregnant let's look after this and like chill you out let's feed you up so it increases your appetite um you just don't want to do any exercise so if we're talking from an exercise perspective when you're in your Beyonce phase and you start to increase in this this Beyonce and Serena Williams and stuff, that's where you're going to be smashing workouts, really consistent, getting heavy stuff in, doing your sprints of your workouts or doing really good high intensity hit workouts. Um, that's where the PBs hit. And then when you hit your Christian Stewart phase, so the luteal phase, um, that's where you tone it back a little bit. You do exercises that don't require much brain power because you just can't be fucked. Oh, excuse my language. Can't be bothered. It's, okay. it's allowed. <laughs> okay, good. Um, and yeah, like move forward with that. Like maybe you'll replace the gym workout with a bit of yoga or a swim or something that's a bit more low intensity, steady state. Like, so just chill. Just keep the consistency of the workouts in, but just not to the extent. By the way, this is all my personal research. Like not, I'm not qualified in any of it. I'm personal trainer. Like, yeah, just, just so everyone knows. For reference, <laughs> it's, it's a lot better than I could give. Yeah. Um, and genuinely the celebrity thing I really like it's because kind of, it's, it? it's a way of remembering it. Oh. I've kind of, I've kind of heard of bits before and, um, it, it all makes sense. Mm. Like it, it's one of those things that I'll be honest, I was very ignorant to. And in the past when I have, uh, worked out with uh, various groups of people, I've never really given any sort of account to thinking of that when mm. planning a workout or appreciating that they're not having as good a workout as they did last week. Yeah. Um, and it's just a guy thing. Like Definitely. we, we have a 24 hour cycle, like it's yeah. very different. Um, the interesting thing is I feel like a lot of people take into account, um, you know, that there are, there are physical changes and you've obviously mentioned there's, there's a time when you're going to do your PBs and there's a time when you really want to scale back and it's knowing that and planning around it, but also emotionally and this is a massive part of this podcast is yeah. what goes on in inside the head as well yes. is just because it's the time for pbs it might still not be mentally the time for pbs mm. as a result of different emotions definitely and is there consideration for that, that you need to think about as well definitely i think that's the other thing is that if i was to say in that check-in i'd be like okay you smashed a pb this time so i'm going backwards but smashed a pb this time you're not going to feel as motivated next week i don't want to put like those thoughts in your head and be like well i'm not going to even try and push it because vicky told i'm not going to or vice versa i'm like great you just start your period that means next week you're going to be smashing pbs out the park um it's kind of like oh if you're feeling like you're energetic listen to the body and, and go for it um but if you're not like don't worry and there's like loads of science and like studies behind if you spend a bit too much energy than you should in one of the phases it's gonna um not counteract but disrupt the energy levels that you have available in the next phase so it's like again it's all about education and making people feel confident in what their body's doing um, which is quite cool. And again, it is like, it is educating the men, the men in your life, like male colleagues, like your partner, your dad, your son, so that they can also be aware of the emotions around it. Um, I did host a menstrual, why menstrual, why your menstrual cycle is your superpower workshop at Gymshark, which was really cool. And 
one of the ladies, and this is what I loved about this community, is that one of the ladies came up and she was like, what do you do when you have um, this horrendous depression before your period comes? And I was actually there like, oh, um, and I was about to be like, oh, just power through. Obviously I don't want to say that, but I was like, oh, well maybe just like be consistent, like maybe just go and, and not do very heavy or, or choose a yoga session instead. And what I absolutely bloody loved is that this other lady was like, oh, do you mind if I like kick in here? And I was like, yeah, fine. Um, something, something called PDD, but it's something like, pre PMD premenstrual depression or something like that I might have got I that wrong heard of that. have you heard of that I yeah I, which that. I didn't know much about again it's all from my own research so she actually educated me so much in that um but she had it and she basically recommended all the stuff she's always mate when you feel like that you can't even get out of bed it's not a case of doing a yoga session next to your bed like it's just not but then her another beautiful wonderful woman telling this other woman like it's okay like have the day in bed was just so that's literally the whole point of everything that I'm doing is just to make women like speak up and just be open space to just be their absolute selves and and yeah be comfortable doing that which is really really nice I really like that and and on that topic um we have had three lovely women message in to ask you some questions <laughs> I love women um so we've kept we, we're trying to keep these a bit of a surprise obviously we've we know that we've got a question from your your following yes. um I think actually some of the others have uh, tuned in and sent me questions as well okay so we've got three questions um so first question is coming from Hannah so thank you very much um Hannah? what has been the biggest hurdle since uh uprooting your life oh so massive biggest hurdle i think the adjustment and i spoke about it a little bit on socials and we talked about it briefly is um the identity crisis that came from moving so it's like not only did i change location i changed jobs i changed friend group i mean i still have my wonderful friends sorry wonderful friends at home um but then also like not having this person my 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 ex partner um in my life 24/7 um so hurdle wise yeah i think it was adjusting to this totally different person that i am and actually realizing and recognizing that i'm not i don't think i was i don't think i was myself when i was living at home um at all actually and i think i was kind of i want to say caged caged sounds really dramatic but i couldn't I didn't have the facilities or the opportunities to do what I wanted to do. So I shaped myself around what was available. Um, so I think the biggest hurdle is the guilt, maybe guilt to my past self of what I was doing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> it sounds It sounds like It sounds like you are picking up on the fact that um, the biggest hurdle was accepting that you are leaving that person behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that's what it is? You Have you separated yourself from that person? Definitely. Like, I can't even... If you actually look at an old picture of myself, it's just not the same person. In like, even in looks. I mean, the looks aren't even the half of it. But just doing what I want to do and actually not having to answer to anybody, like, whether it's my old job, whether it's my old partner, whether it's whatever, um, it's just so freeing and liberating. But then change is actually, like, a really... A really big thing I think everyone like I think my someone actually said you need to stop and realize that like you've gone through a lot you've gone through so much just chill out like you just need to sit back and review that I think one of the things that I've been picking up on recently is um change is often out of your control mm -hmm. and change can be so scary and the reason that change is scary is because in itself it's testing to see if you're worth it and if you start going down the path of change and, and you drop out because it gets too much it gets too scary then you weren't meant for that change yeah 
And in actual fact, if you're able to overcome that and keep persevering, when the change happens, it's so obvious and it's so clear and you can look back on that and be like, wow. So I think as much as a change can be scary, you've really got to decide, you know, is it scary enough to stop me ever attempting it? Yeah. Or is it only just going to be scary for a period of time that is defined a short while? And I love that. And it's, I think referring back to when I first started the Gymshark job and I had that imposter syndrome but then imposter syndrome comes from the change and like not feeling ready for it but then if you weren't nervous for the challenge or nervous for the change then it's not worth your time yeah I love that I really love that cool so let's move on to the next question so we we are going by the name Mina because there's a there's an interesting social handle there that we're just sticking with Mina so Mina (laughs) thank you for your question um how did you build sorry how did you build a strong mind regardless of setbacks and that's family uh, and, and relationships and that sort of thing. A strong mind, regardless of setbacks. I think I'd like to take credit that it was me, but to be honest, it was genuinely my network and the people around me. I think without them, which sounds really horrible because you said, how did I build that? But I think I've always, I've always, I, uh, it's healthy to say that you got by with a little help from your friends. Oh God, yeah. I don't think, not a little help. I think they bloody dragged me. They, they were just like, come on. Um, yeah, and I, I, like, I think they know this so much, but I wouldn't be where I am without them. And I could get emotional talking about them. But um, everybody, they're just so, like, whether it's, like, I don't know, like, pick and, like, voice, I don't, I can't even explain my love for them. But strong mind, so strong mind from setbacks. I think the setback I had was the massive change that I had. Um, I kept myself really busy. I kept myself pursuing what I wanted to pursue even if it was recommended not to by others um however I was surrounded by such incredible strong people that loved me so much that if they went against something it would be because they genuinely had my best interests at heart so I'm just going to say the people around me I can't I cannot I'm so obsessed with communities I'm obsessed with my women communities my friends like my family like I'm just very very lucky Sounds like trust. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. My therapist said that trust is a big thing for me. (laughs) There we go. I mean, maybe that's it sometimes. It's just whether that's trusting the process, trusting your your support network, Mm -hmm. or maybe a bit of both. Sometimes that that can actually be the thing that hardens you up a little bit rather than trying to just put yourself through it on your own. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just feeling safe with them. Cool. So the last one is from Danielle. Okay. So Danielle wants to know, how has your training personally changed in the last year? Ooh. Oh, God, I'm going to wrap myself out here. Um, so, again, back to the identity crisis. Um, I Every training session that I had in my relationship was pretty much with my ex-partner. So we would go to the gym together. We wouldn't train together, but the action or the habit of going and showing up was always with the partner, which again is absolutely fine. It was really good for keeping each other accountable. Like if we didn't feel like it, the other one would be like, come on, let's go. Like we've got goals to achieve, etc. Um, not having that and not being in that is really liberating. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm enjoying it. I love the freedom, but actually that was seven years of my life from like the age of 18 to now of always having someone to be like, let's go to the gym. And I still, if I'm honest, for the last year since June, I haven't had a consistent gym routine, um, which is really awful to admit when I'm there, like telling my clients to do stuff. But um, no, I'm not as aggressive as that. But um, it would pretty much be 
I train at work and we have to train at work, obviously. We have a run club. Um, I go to the gym sporadically. I go to workout classes around London, like on my London bucket list. I've got like to like enter these workout sessions, which is really fun. Um, but my training in the last year has been more sporadic. However, since I made this new schedule of like what time I wake up and do things, it goes hour in bed, whether it's it's reading or journaling or making breakfast. I mean, I don't make breakfast in bed, but you know, um, <laughs> then getting ready. And then after that, it's immediately going to the gym on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because those are the days I'm not at Gymshark. When I'm at Gymshark, we usually do exercise on shift or we do something that's active. Um, and we do a lot of steps in the day, obviously. Um, so I think for me personally, the goal is consistency. Um, my colleague, Josh, shout out Josh. Um, he loves like forcing people to be their best self. And so we kind of sat down together and he was like, what's your performance goals this year? Like, what do you want to achieve? Do you want to climb a mountain? Do you want to do this? And I was like, you know what, mate? My biggest goal is just consistency. Like the intensity will come, but consistency, and I say this to all my clients, consistency is so much more important to get that habit in place. Um, and you mentioned how obviously it's a very different training schedule. You're not like on one consistent one yet. Yes. But you, you're still finding it quite liberating being able to be a bit more free. You're still very healthy. You're still fit because you're doing things that are active. It's just not strictly to a routine. Yeah, exactly. And I think, and then my dad's really lovely. Um, I was a bit like, oh, like my business isn't thriving as much as I'd like it to. Like, obviously we've all got massive goals and we've got things that we want to hit. And I have done amazing things in the last year, but he was like, Vic, you've gone through enough. Like you're allowed a year out. I'm just, I just had my year out. And like from now I'm getting back on it. Um, so without this year out and without exploring these workout classes and these run clubs and all this, I would just be a gym girl that goes to the gym, the same gym five times a week and eats a protein and has a creatine and stuff. Whereas now that I've explored, I almost want to say the hybrid route of, of doing cardio alongside the strength training, instead of having five heavy sessions smash in the gym, I'm now focusing on three sessions at the gym with two runs in the week. And then if a workout class pops up, I'll go to a workout class and I'm not there like, oh my God, worried about the gains. I'm going to lose the gains because I'm doing cardio. Like it's actually educated me so much in my ability like what my body can do the fact that the runs are increasing my lung function so i can lift heavier without getting out of breath like it's just a really nice all-rounded little oh sorry don't clap it's, it's okay then um, <laughs> you, you've just deafened heart no i'm joking okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll edit it it's all good um what i wanted to know though is do you think that um you found it quite liberating because fitness for a very very long time has been your job yes and there's two very very opposite ends and um there are people that we listen to this that are somewhere between these two ends of the scale so you've got your end which is where fitness is your job it's quite literally you have to live it and you have to breathe it and then there's the opposite end where fitness is entirely optional uh, quite new sometimes people will do one thing a week um not particularly part of their life but it's something that they they are they can get involved in if they want to mm -hmm. we're all somewhere on that scale but the closer you are to either end, the more toxic fitness and the exercise industry can become. That's interesting. And actually taking a step towards the middle allows you to rediscover what fitness can be for you. Yeah. And for me personally, uh, towards the end of last year, um, I discovered a new area of fitness because I, ever since I started going to the gym mm -hmm. when I was like mid-teens, I always went by myself. And to be honest, I still go to the gym by myself most of the time, but moving to London was part of it. However, I never really actively looked for social exercise groups. Mm. And obviously 
you now partake in Gymshark Lifting Club and you're doing these coaching sessions, which are big groups and there's a lot of energy in them. And it's a totally different side of exercise that I never sort of considered. And I have now started to build it into my week because I realized that it was like we were saying before, um, experiences are better when shared a lot of the time and when you do get to do that sort of thing in a group together where the vibes are high you're all enjoying the energy afterwards Mm -hmm. it's very very difficult to have a bad session in that time definitely because you'll get picked up by someone else 100 percent. yeah oh it's it's like a whole different world yeah so like you you've started doing the group exercises now i started doing group stuff uh i started trying to train in different ways and i'm rediscovering other ways to enjoy exercise which then also take the load off the sessions where i am just going in to get a good workout in and improve myself It, it I'm still improving myself in these sessions, but I'm not so focused on like really, really trying to yeah. like get the best workout each time I go. Cause yeah. that's, that's exhausting yeah. trying to put yourself 100%. through that all the time. Definitely like structuring in like deload weeks or whatever, but actually use it. Someone said that about the runner coach app where mm-hmm. they do the running and they said it was so nice to actually be told by this app that like go over tempo run, like just chill but just run yeah. like you don't have to sprint the 5k every time i think that's the um, thing that um tommy on the last episode and if you guys haven't listened to it it's a great episode tommy is a massive advocate of just like time on feet mm-hmm. so you don't necessarily even have to run the whole time but getting out and about and again off your phone is really healthy and um you don't have to there's a massive misconception that when you're running and when you see everyone running they're running to be quicker at running yeah. and often it's not it's just running to run and just, just be a, out there and yeah. and chill um and it's uh different ways to approach things like that and different i'm gonna i'm gonna plug my friend's run club actually do you sure. know jenny fit i know what jenny fit, fit. yeah I met her, she's oh if you ever meet her she's fantastic but she started this run club i think she literally put on strava like i'm going for a run here um if anyone wants to come i think like 150 people like turned up she's fantastic but hers is exactly it like just run she doesn't i mean she goes she tracks her pace and she knows what she's doing but she's not there focusing on time um and then they go to, they all go to the pub afterwards it's like it's just like, it's just like yeah. a just go be social enjoy it don't like put so much stress on yourself um and then that's what the women bloody love because they're like there's no pressure there's they, they don't feel intimidated they just yeah. go for it and i think um, that that's one of the things with the fitness industry that is hopefully starting to change is these different uh, attitudes mm-hmm. and that it doesn't need to be so crazy. We're so used to, especially in the last 10 years with the development of so many different fitness brands and that sort of thing, you're so used to scrolling and seeing someone with unbelievable abs and unbelievable figures yeah. and that sort of thing. And you completely ignore the fact that actually fitness is nothing to do with that. That's yeah. actually often quite unhealthy. It's so, yeah, like what it, you need to be doing is, yeah, just enjoying the comp what you're stuff. doing. Yeah, the comp stuff. And, and I remember this girl, I, she posted something like she had these posy pictures and then like a couple of weeks later she's like oh i was in the worst mental health of my life i was actually had an eating disorder and then a couple of weeks later she started using these same photos to advertise her coaching and i was like if people did relate that but i just thought that's so it wasn't her fault like because of course you've had these pictures that you paid for but the concept of being like i was so unhealthy and yet i'm using that exact picture to try and get people to buy from me it's just wild to me it's a very it's a very broken industry Mm -hmm. and one thing that i hope I'm part of the movement on is trying to be the glue to kind of fix it a little bit and open that up and having guests like yourself is is one of the reasons that that's doable um, people that are willing to share now I'm going to ask you a question that is going to open some things up uh, from your side (laughs) very very sort of quick things if you were locked in a room with your younger self uh, or a previous version of you this could even be you in the last six months a year whatever Mm -hmm. um, if you had to give that person three pieces of advice what would it be Oh, I, I don't know why that made me quite emotional. The, oh, I don't know. Oh, I think just keep 
Why has that made me emotional? I have no idea. Well done. <laughs> it's because you don't think back yeah. that way often. I think if it was like the last six months, last year, I just say like, say, like keep going. <sighs> I don't... It's okay. <laughs> this is good content. Keep this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I think just keep doing it and keep believing. Um, so first one's keep doing, keep believing. Second one is lean into your loved ones. I think that's so, so like pivotal whatever that word is um lean into loved ones and i don't know i think like it's the classic allow yourself uh yeah let it i posted it it's really cheesy but let it let it hurt and then let it go like allow yourself to feel the emotions and feel the pain because like better things are coming yeah don't ignore them yeah literally stop yeah, and just actually feel, them. feel it, like sit in it and be fucking depressed. No, no one wants to do that. No, but quite yeah. often it's what you need to do. And also like if you are scrolling on social media and everyone's so happy, like that's fine. But like you'd have no idea what like, I, I mean, my stuff, <laughs> I got really drunk the other day. Haha. And <laughs> I started crying and I was, I was I was being so lovey with my friends. I was like, I love you so much. I was crying. And one of them was like, we need to record this. She's going to post this on social media. <laughs> She's like, this is good content. Let's get it on. <laughs> but it's because it's like, cause that's what I tried to show is that I posted my first one of me crying, which is so icky. Like when influencers like cry and then they post it and then they try and get views for it. But you know what? The response I had 200 comments of people being like, I had no idea you felt like this. This is exactly how I been feeling thank you so much for posting and that just honestly made me feel like oh my god let it let it let it hurt and then let it go like just go through the motions i think i think people are so um the only thing that cuts through a lot of the noise in life is like disaster Mm. and as humans and like again going back to this natural thing one of the things that is a clear form of disaster is seeing someone upset yeah and that cuts anything out when i'm at work if someone's upset i, I don't care what i'm bawling. doing like let's let's go for a coffee yeah, let's go let's lovely. go have a chat that sort of thing now because it's so much more important than anything that's going on exactly yeah. and one of the the shames of the world today and i'm not going to move into politics we will swiftly move on <laughs> is you look at the news and you look at the tv and the only thing that, that can really grab you in the news is really negative things yeah. and those pictures of people being upset and that sort of thing and what you definitely don't need to do is you don't need to feel the urge to to have to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And I think that as much as it's fantastic and people reach out because they see you're at that point, if you're if you're in a position where you are feeling a bit upset and you don't want to feel, mm-hmm. you know, depressed and upset about things, you're right. Vicky's right. You need to you need to feel those things. But almost relating back to your point previously, it's lean on lean on your friends and family. Mm-hmm. You know, they're there for a reason and they would never want to, I I think a lot of the time friends and family would hope that you would never be bawling your eyes out or anything. But if you were, they, they'd like to know about it. They'd like to be in the presence of it. Like I, when I went through my breakup, I would literally just be lying in my, my friend's bed, crying my eyes out. And all she would just do is like, just, oh oh, God, she would just sit there. And like, I'm I'm, I'm not upset because of the breakup. I'm upset because I'm so obsessed with my friends and like the love that they have for you. And I think if you just open up to them, like men and women, and I'm saying men, because like, I think I've seen so many men who are so much more difficult for them to feel okay in crying. And I like, yeah, I think, oh, I wouldn't have got through any of this without them. And that's what I'm just so grateful for. No, I really like that message. Mm. And there's, um, one last question, which comes from the previous guest. So yes. Tommy has asked this question. I'm um, nervous. <laughs> so the question is, and 
this could also make you somewhat emotional. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and uh, for those that did listen to the last episode, I haven't forgotten the very important end to the question. So um, the question is, based on uh, how human the human brain develops, okay. you tend to become aware of yourself properly when you're around the age of seven. Okay. Um, so... Excuse me. Would seven-year-old self be proud of you and your achievements today? And the important bit in Tommy's question is please expand. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah. My God. Yeah. Oh my God. Ridiculous. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's crazy. Like I remember, I mean, maybe not seven-year-old, but I remember being like seeing Gymshark and seeing like what they do with people and how they promote people and how they just like, encourage exercise and oh and like london like i said my three points of my goals was like have my own business like i've got a family of um entrepreneurs like everybody's got their own business like my auntie my mum, my dad like they all had their own businesses um so i like i always wanted it and i've got that um i've always wanted to work for this fantastic brand i've got that i've always wanted to live in london i've got that so i think little me would be and like also to have this also to help fucking women, like fucking help women, like just, yeah, she would be really proud of me. And I think I'm really growing into a person that I'm really starting to love. And I think some people find that really weird to say that they're obsessed with themselves, but I think I'm really bloody proud of myself for everything I've achieved in this last year in particular. However, that wouldn't have happened without my previous years. So if I tried to move to London in like when I was 18, I wouldn't even have the life that I have now. Um, so what I've overcome, what I've learned about myself, um, and what I'm doing, yeah, I love it. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, hundred percent. So it's your turn, though. Yeah. What would you like to ask the next guest, not having a clue who they are? Interesting, because I thought of one where it was very similar to like childhood, being like, "What's there? What is your first memory of exercise?" But that's quite boring. Um, if you could change three things in the last year, what would they be and why? Okay. Well, for those that uh, like the sound of that question, uh, tune in next week uh, because the next guest will be answering that question then asking their very own. Likewise, uh, as you heard from Hannah, Mina and Danielle earlier today, uh, if you guys want to get involved and ask your own questions, keep an eye on the Instagram story uh, and some of the social media content. You'll get an idea of who's coming on and you can reach out and uh, ask questions in advance of that. Uh, Pre-warning, it's going to be Super Bowl week. So there's a little hint as to the sort of thing that could be coming up. Okay. So if you know nothing about American football, it's an opportunity to learn a little bit. Um, that is actually my background. So I will I will I touch, I will try and translate for you. Uh, but ultimately, it's going to be really cool and I'm really excited about it. So make sure you guys tune into that um, and get that question answered. But thank you very much today, Vicky, no, for coming on. You. I really appreciated the lessons that I have learned <laughs> and also uh, the lessons that you'll have you'll have given to the people that are listening um, about the severe changes that you have gone through in, in the last year. And yeah. um, what's really nice is how you probably didn't realize how proud you are of yourself, but yeah, there is 100%. a lot to be proud of there. And I feel like a lot of your followers um, and new followers, hopefully, um, will start to notice. Uh, and like you said, you're becoming a person that you really like yeah and i think that comes across a lot in what you post and and who you are as a person Yay. 
Oh, so, I'm appreciative. Um, Please do take this opportunity to tell people where they can find you, where they can maybe receive some of your coaching, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, brilliant. So um, Vicky Hill PT on Instagram, but it's V-I-K-K-I Hill PT to be awkward. Um, I do do online coaching like we've talked about. So Vicky Hill online coaching, but you'll find that through my Instagram. Um, Gymshark have very kindly put me on their Gymshark training app. So if you wanted any free workouts, if you go on the Gymshark training app, um, you can see them on there. Um yeah, bloody love it. Yeah, it's good. It's lovely stuff. And uh, for those guys that are listening that are new to the podcast, welcome. Hope you're here for the long haul because we're going to get some uh, really cool stuff done. So uh, feel free to find us on all forms of social media. We are at mindsets underscore podcast. Um, obviously, this is on YouTube. So if you feel like watching some of the episodes, head over there. Um, otherwise, stick around the the social media for, for some of those drops on who's coming on, opportunities to get involved. Um, whether that's with the podcast directly or with the the community that is growing and it's yeah. uh, it's going to be exciting i keep so saying good. it's going to be an exciting year that's based on you guys and i'm massively thankful for any likes shares or anything that you give there um so for now signing off and i look forward to seeing you guys in the next episode <laughs> <laughs>